Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 376, dropping review bombs. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I know, it's so weird. I'm all hopped up on matcha. I've had, the, I'm, I'm in the, I'm halfway through my second matcha of the afternoon. So, it's more caffeine than I'm used to drinking. Mm. Anyway, sure. I mean, <laughs> it's just been one of those days. It's just I've been I've been busy with analytics all day, being a nerd, like a bigger nerd than usual nerd. Um, we had a team call and they were talking about like maybe I'll replace my plants with Lego plants. I'm like, why not just get a Lego, just get a planter and put a Lego Millennium Falcon in it. And then uh, I was like, I can go grab one of the ones I have downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, wait, what do you mean one of? I knew they were going to get that. I was like, that one. don't you worry. <laughs> I only have two. Plus, I have, well, I guess I technically have three. Um, but yeah. Anyway, how you doing? I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. You, it's, you, man, you it's, it's, it's kind of a little chilly outside today. It, it's kind of gross here in southwest Ohio, northwest Kentucky. Um, it is cold. It is gray. I'm ready to move somewhere with like 200 days of sunshine instead of 80 days of sunshine. Yeah, it's, and it's not even that it's cold. It's windy. That's the thing. And you know, cold yeah. is whatever. It's, I, I haven't but been when outside it, when you throw that wind in there. the gym this morning. So yeah, I but. just went outside to take out some garbage and it's like, Oh, Okay. You lied to me. Mm-hmm. You said it was going to be 44. You sons of bitches. Yeah, it says it's 39 <laughs> right now. Um, I yeah. will say this morning at the gym on the chest fly machine, 200 pounds. I've only got two more plates and I'm lifting the whole stack. Oh, so I don't ba- have basically, the, uh, beast mode activated. It's not, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't have the push button where I could have done the clapping thing. Oh, wait. Um, like the cheers and claps. Oh, wait. No. Nope. <laughs> Hold on. Nope. nope. How dare you? God damn it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I knew exactly which one it was. <laughs> what? Do what? I? Know you did. How dare you? How? How dare you? <laughs> so. Uh, but yes, so lots of fun things happening. I'm going to, I'm going to shout out like, so Tim pool on his new culture war podcast is interviewing Damien Eccles. So we're recording this on Friday, March 10th. Um, he, he, he interviewed Damien Eccles, one of the West Memphis three, which, um, is one of the three kids who was the subject of the paradise lost docuseries. Um, I would say documentary, but they made three of them. So I'm calling it a docuseries. And I highly recommend going and listening to it if you were someone who at least followed the West Memphis Three um, in college. It was right around that time, and I was obsessed with the West Memphis Three. So it was really interesting. It's great to see him doing well after you know being framed and spending twenty years on uh, on death row. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah. That being said, do you want to just hop right in? Yeah, let's 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 get the yes. Let's hop right in. Okay, so I won't. I was going to say a spoiler. But so yeah. we are um, just a heads up. We are doing something a little different today. No news bites. We're only doing reviews. 
thus the title of the show, Drop and Review Bombs. We are going to review episode eight, the penultimate episode of The Last of Us, um, The Mandalorian, season three, episode two. Um, we're going to talk, we're going to close out with Creed three. And then before that, we're going to talk about a show that I gave up on that. If you, you will all remember years ago when, when we had, um, another podcaster from, um, I don't even remember what the podcast was called now, Julian come on. And we both hated Picard so much that I wanted his podcast, which again, I can't remember what it was called now, um, to hate on it even more. Um, we're going to talk about the first four episodes of Picard season three. Yes. And so kicking off with the last of us season one, episode eight, um, just we're, we're, we're going to start all these reviews off with, with our rankings. So Daryl out of five nearly dead father figures, what would you give this episode? I gave it a 4.5. What? Oh, you meant the rating for the show, not how uh, absolutely bored out of my mind I was. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. I, yes, okay. Yes, I give it a two out of five. A two out of five. I concur with the two out of five. Um, so this is the aftermath of um, Ellie's gay adventure at the mall. Uh, <laughs> fo- uh, following the episode where Joel got stabbed and then she just like, you know, whatevered him. Uh I am shocked at how boring the show is. Um, when we were talking earlier, we were, to, we were, so I like to compare the show to the walking dead, not just because it's a post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you know, um, zombie esque type creature show, but because they're both based on existing properties that are very compelling, engaging stories, at least the first game, um, mm-hmm. the walking dead comic throughout, I loved. It was great. It is the second best comic book Robert Kirkman has ever done. Um, but with this, it's just like so. The Walking Dead show would get some of the big things wrong, and then when they needed to do like a course correction or some kind of fan servicey thing, they would come back and they would take that big thing out of context from the comics and then do it, you know, on the show. Uh, like an example is when Bob on the show got captured by the cam- cannibals and they ate him, and he's like, ha ha ha, you're all infected now. Um, that was Dale's big moment to like, you know, wander off and get eaten. And then it sent Andrea down a rabbit hole. Well, again, Andrea had already like had her thing with the governor, which never happened in the comic, you know, all that stuff happened. Um, cause she and Rick were an item for, for a long, long time. And she, she went down like a rabbit hole of like darkness after everything that happened with Dale. And then her and Rick essentially like pulled each other out of their misery. Um, but in the comic in the TV show, they were like, well, <sighs> shit, we need to do something to make people happy. So we're going to do this, but we're going to do it with Bob. Um, which it was still like the guy who played Bob did a good job at the scene. Um, but that's like a big thing. And it was a big defining moment for multiple characters. And they got a lot of that wrong where I felt like they did the little things right for the most part mm-hmm. with the last of us. It's the opposite. I feel like they get the big things, right? You know, like the big, like the things that you play in the game, I feel like they got right. Mm-hmm. They get all the little things that were, 
the cutscenes that really drag, like really pulled you into the game, tugged on the heartstrings, made you feel for Joel, made you feel for Ellie, made you connect with him, and you know want to play that much harder when you got to play um, to to make sure they both survive. And I feel like that's where they miss, and that's what makes this show boring, and that's what makes it. Even though I think Pedro is doing a pretty decent job, but he spent the last three episodes on the shelf. Let's be honest. Pedro is, for me, he is absolutely carrying this show. His back is almost broken right now. I mean... Other than the... I mean, and one of the things I will say throughout the show, for the most part, the cinematography... like just the settings and the environment are done very, very well for the most part. Right. As far as the acting, I think the acting is fine, but Pedro is the one. And and again, oh, one of the reasons these last two episodes have been ultimately very boring is because he's been no, he's no, you know he's mm-hmm. recouping. Right. And then we had the flashback last week, so right. he's not going to be in that obviously. Mm-hmm. And then this one, he's in it for five minutes maybe, right. and. I will say Bella Ramsey did some, she actually did some really good work here in this episode. And just probably for me, her best performance without Joel in the scene with her. So the other thing about that but, is she didn't have to talk mm-hmm. a yeah. lot in this episode. But, but and what it I'm was like a is, lot of emoting. It was a lot of, a lot of facial yeah. emotion that was happening. Yeah, which she did a great job at. Yeah. It's just we talked about it last week. She's not strong enough of a mm-hmm. of an actress yet to be able to carry scenes by herself. And right. last week it didn't help that she had another. You know, a lot of her wor- work was with another actress who just didn't seem like she was into what was going right. on. Right, right, right. I mean, but that's the problem when you get the wish version of Zendaya. That's kind of messed up. It's not. It's true, though. I mean, she she like it's it's her little sister from Euphoria. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's exactly who she is. Wasn't she, she in Wrinkle in Time or was she? I, I, I never watched. I didn't. That. I didn't watch. No, I. I sorry. I, I did. I try to. I tried to watch it in twenty minutes in. I'm like, this is awful. I, I was told the movie wasn't for me. And when people yes. tell me, don't go see our movie, it's not for you, I believe them and I don't go see it. Yeah. Plain yes. and simple. Um, so I, here's the other thing is like the whole like preacher guy trying to rape Ellie at the end. Like, come on. Like you said that wasn't in the game because I didn't get this far. None of that was in the game. None of that um, was in the game. Weren't they cannibals? Yeah, they were absolutely cannibals. So it, David and James were the kind of the two heads of this cannibalistic group. They did try to say, hey, a lot of the stuff that played out, like you're talking about the big stuff. Right. A lot of the stuff played out like that in the game. Mm-hmm. There was no David being this, you know, preacher, you know, preaching about revelations and all this stuff. Right. There was no David trying to force himself onto Ellie. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely Hollywood bullshit that is once again pushing their own agenda about you know, certain groups of people and and again the the, the potent the almost rape scene i don't get that i i don't get why you think you need to add that to to the show to yeah. this character but it was to only again i actually i know because the guy was you know a, a christian fundamentalist mm-hmm. and they had to sh- make sure you knew he was the bad guy yeah right i mean i think that's that's a huge part of it um yeah, what's happening here um 
<laughs> I, I opened a web browser by accident and it started playing immediately. Great. Um, no, you're you're right. The uh, the whole idea of the the fundamentalist preacher thing, it's overdone and overplayed. I don't think it needed yeah. to be done. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah. It's it's again. It's this point that we we talk about with adaptations when they do stuff like this, right? Why are you changing something that worked in this medium? Mm-hmm. Do you think you know better? And you said this last week, and I've, I've after watching and seeing what happened in Last of Us Two, you know, like it's just proven the point that Cuckman was not the architect behind the first game. No, absolutely not. He, there, there's, it, he's just not. I'm really so, curious as who's responsible for the Uncharted stuff that he worked on, um, mm-hmm. because it's obviously not him. Uh, yeah, so it's just, I, you know, I blame you <laughs> for wasting. This, this, this is going to happen a lot in this this episode. I well, think. yeah, but I'm blaming you for wasting eight hours, eventually nine hours of my life. <sighs> So we're going to have to figure out a way for you to give that back to me. <laughs> Recompense. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, like I said, if we weren't reviewing this, I would have dropped out of a few weeks, several weeks ago. I yeah. honestly would. Right. Because again, it, we were talking about this earlier today. It's not that we hate this show. No. It's, it's that we do not care about it. It's, it's, it's so theory, close to being good, important. right? It, it yes. really is close to being yes. good. This is the problem is it's close to being good, but you just don't give a shit about any of this. Yeah, I, I truly, I have, I, I don't care. I yep. really don't yeah. care about this show. So next week we will talk about the finale and then we will give the season as a whole, a one out of 10. I'm sorry, a score out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to give it a one out of 10. I might give it a two out of 10. Oh, no. You know, no. Um, I, I, I think it's like, again, it's, honestly, for the, the, the things that it does well, it does well. The things that it does wrong ruins the show. Yeah. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. All right. Let's move on because we've been talking about this for 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> all right. The Mandalorian season three, episode two. Uh, out of five, what the hell was that living under the living or living in the living waters under Mandalores? What do you give? It? I will give this a two and a half out of five. Okay, so I went with a three, um, because one, we got to see Grogu do some Jedi shit. Um, Finally, two, we got the only Jedi droid back, R five D four. And, you know, because he did commit suicide to to make sure that R2 got bought by Lars Owen um, <laughs> or, you know, Lars or I'm sorry, Owen Lars um, and Aunt Beru to make sure that Luke found his way to the Jedi or to the Death Star plans. Um, I I liked uh, Pelimoto's little scheme <laughs> during Boonta Eve. Wow, that's great. So, yeah. um, it made me want to go grab my Boon to Eve racing shirt <laughs> so that I got a celebration in, back in 2019. Um, but yeah, so she refit the 
Naboo fighter, which still doesn't have a name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it, it's, we, yeah. I mean, you had the Razor Crest. Right. You have, you I, have to get a name. I think on, calling Mando. it the Razor Blade or the Speed Crest or, you know, Shining White Teeth, whatever. Um, <laughs> but all good starships have good names. Yeah. Like like good scores. Mm-hmm. Anyway, unless the, you're the hound who believes you should be called a, a certain bad name if you name your sword. Uh, <laughs> by the way, in the in the waters, it was a mythosaur. Yes. So, um, just just yeah. putting that out there. Uh, oh, and I, I, quick correction: after last week, um, we forgot to mention the pergil. The what? The Pergil, the space whales, when they were flying through hyperspace. Um, so Ezra Bridger to the Mandalorian season three confirmed. Oh, yes. yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> I liked. Okay, I, so here's what I liked about this episode. I liked all the interactions Din Djarin had with people. I liked yeah. what he did with Pelimoto. I liked what he did with Bo-Katan. I also liked when Grogu and R5 were fly- flying back to Bo-Katan. She's like, that's it. I'm going to take care of this motherfucker once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> and she was on her way to kill his ass. Yeah. Um, second question. I guess this is my first question. Uh, so, Den lost the... the dark saber to grievous 2.0 right are you talking about during the fight yeah okay and then Bo beat grievous 2.0 and got the saber back is it hers now so yeah the, the only thing i don't know the 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 specifics of how they they look at things like that because it i mean it like for example in the harry potter world you own somebody's wand i mean you 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 win somebody's wand if you disarm them right so harry because that's how harry won the elder wand because he disarmed draco yes who had disarmed snape or i'm sorry dumbledore yeah not snape disarming dumbledore so I'm I'm like ergo by the the Potter rules of handed down weapons of combat. <laughs> Bo Katan is the leader of the Mandalorians again. Yes. So and she obviously saw how she was when she was using that. Dude, that it was as close to the cartoon as we were gonna get. Yeah. I was, loved it. It was like, so great. It looked great. Um, I'm not sure what she thought the plasma shield was going to do against Grievous 2.0, mm-hmm. but um, the Sasquatch looking things were cool. Um, the the little ape like ape thing that Grogu like just tossed around with the force like it was his little bitch was cool. Um, yeah, I, like I, I'm digging this episode um, much better than last week. Which is oh, why I went yeah. a three out of five. Um, so, so yeah. So this this started off a little bit slow, which I, I tend to think a lot of 
if you look back in the history of the mm-hmm. Mandalorian, yeah. a lot of episodes, even the good ones, tend to start off a little bit right. slower than I'd like. Uh, the second half of the episode, I really did like. Uh, I like the, the you know the, mm-hmm. this whole Minds of Moria. Oh, I'm sorry, Minds of Mandalore <laughs> type thing deal. Uh, yeah. You know the. I like how you're calling him Grievous 2.0, by the way, because that thing was it's what he was. Very he looked weird. just like Grievous. Plus, he yeah, had his that, like that was his Grievous mech that he could get into, where he's even more of a badass. Um, yeah, I dug it. I want to see more. I want to see more of that guy. Yeah, like so. I, okay, the one thing oh, I don't, I, I want to. I'm hoping because this is what it looks like, especially mm-hmm. like I said, the last half of the episode, you know, really pick things up, right? It gave us some good action sequences, but from what we saw at the end and what Bo-Katan saw, does that give her the purpose she was missing or she was lacking when we saw her last week? I hope so. And what does that do with her and Mando going forward as far as, I mean, he's gotten his cleansing of, you know, in the waters of the mind, so... He's now back to, you know, he's back in the club, mm-hmm. so to speak. Well, he has to prove it, though. Yeah. Take I'm, a picture. I'm not quite sure Come how. On. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a theory that Grievous 2.0 is a Vizsla. Like, uh, it's a Mandalorian. Because it was an eyeball, right? Yes. Like, somebody captured a Mandalorian and experimented on him or her and this is what happened and that's why it survived Hmm. it also looked very similar to the robot in netflix lost in space which i almost called this episode danger din (laughs) jarn that would have been great so well but we're reviewing so many things yeah um My my only nitpick about this episode in Rachel Morrison, this falls squarely on your very thin feminine shoulders. I'm assuming you have thin feminine shoulders, and I'm assuming your gender, so fuck off. Um, you are a cinematographer. You are a director of photography. That is your main mm. job in Hollywood to this point. Why was it so dark? Why couldn't we see anything? Like, yeah, that's what you sent me. <laughs> it was so dark and it was like, yeah, it might as well have been the pitch meeting meme about, oh, well, we're just going to put a black screen up there and have people read an audiobook at a couple points during the show. <laughs> like I literally had to go like pause it, walk into the bathroom and close the door with the tablet just to see what was going on in a couple instances. Yeah. Yep. It's my only nitpick. <laughs> Otherwise I thought she did a fairly good job directing the episode. Um, mm-hmm. But again, Rach, come on, come on, lighting, come on. lighting, please, lighting, yeah. So, uh, but no. So I gave last week a three, and I gave this week a three, but those are not equal threes. Just gonna put it mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, and so yes, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, I see. I hope we get way more Bo Katan. Um, I'm hoping Casca Reeves comes back because you know. Mercedes. I'm she needs yeah, going needs by the on. trailer. Yeah. The season three trailer. We're gonna get a lot more Mandalorian stuff. And I yep. I I'm pretty sure Bo Katan is gonna be a part of that. Yeah. And 
that's the, what I'm kind of looking forward the to. Cult, I, I re- the cult, that is mm-hmm. not the best that Mandalore has to offer. Like, no. those people did um, Mandalorian baptism in waters where they know a giant alligator lives and then refuse to take to the sky and let a bunch of them get eaten. Um, yeah. And then this time around, he didn't keep his jetpack on to walk into the water. Like, why did you yeah. take that off? The second yeah, he took that off, I'm like, like something's going to try and eat him. Yeah. So. And, and the only way they got out, got out was because Bo-Katan kept her backpack on. Exactly. So Dora would be very proud. Dora the Explorer, you know, backpack. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens next week. Uh, let's see. Next week is going to be Lee Isaac Chung directing, written by Noah Clore. I don't even know who the fuck that is. And John Favreau. Um, so Isaac Lee Chung is best known for uh, Minari, which is the um, the movie with Steve Young, Yun, Yin, however you say it, um, where he moves to California or moves from California to Arkansas to have a farm. Uh, and from what I understand, it's a very good movie. And I like Steve Young, so I am going to just go with it. Um, but yeah. He's doing Twisters. Is that the Twister sequel? I think it is a Twister sequel, yes. Interesting. So he's directing. So he was he was the writer-director for Minari, but not the producer. Um, and he is just the director for Twisters. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next set of reviews because this one will take a minute since there's four episodes to talk about. Um, so, all right. So I'm going to do this out of 10 because we're talking about four episodes and I don't want to rank each episode individually because uh, mm-hmm. I'm lazy and I couldn't really think of, you know, <laughs> four four different things all right so out of 10 i can't believe i let daryl talk me into watching this is what do you give this surprisingly after the first two seasons this is a surprise to me i give it an eight out of ten so far eight out of ten interesting absolutely yeah or as i've been saying lately very pinteresting very Pinteresting. Uh, I gave this. What did I give this? Um, I was going to give it a six point five, but I think I'm going to give it a seven. No, I'm going to stick with my six point five, um, mm. just because I I want to see what happens. So, all right, the first episode of season three is called "The Next Generation." Um, little on the nose, there, guys little on the nose uh the second episode is called disengage uh the third episode is called 17 seconds and the fourth episode is called kobayashi maru wait got that wrong it's called no win scenario (laughs) um (laughs) why they missed a a huge opportunity to call that i could not help but thinking that as well watching this anyway it did it would have been so easy to so, just slip that and, whole and, Kobayashi Maru. And let's just say, when there yeah. is a Kobayashi Maru 
available. Jean-Luc Picard, the robot, will not make the same decisions as Jean-Luc Picard, the man, but it will empower William J. Riker to be yes. badass. And speaking of Riker, he actually directed episodes three and four. Yeah. Oh, uh, and to answer our question that I was asking you before about Alison Pill's character, Agnes, she became the Borg queen. Okay, yeah, I knew there was so, something about the Borg that happened with her. So, All right, so I did not watch season two, and I'm not I going did not to either. watch I watched, season two. Um, I watched a 10-minute review of season two, yeah. and my God, it... I. I don't know. First of all, I don't know who approved those scripts. I don't know either. Two. So but season one was bad enough. Yeah, season three was really bad. I went on. A, I, I I I hated it so much. I went on another episode, another podcast to complain about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's a new showrunner in town um, for season three, and I cannot find their name. Um. Production, writing, casting, design, filming, visual effects, music. Nothing about who this person is. All right. Um, so they did get Matalus. a new showrunner. What? Matalus? Matalus? Uh, showrunner details. It is... Dylan Masson? Terry Matalus. Oh, Terry Matalus. Okay. So Terry Matalus um, wrote the season premiere of season two. Um, he was involved in the second episode of season two. Um, and then, so he wrote the first episode of season one. Uh, he's He co-wrote the fourth episode, and he's writing episode 10, the season finale. And directing the penultimate episode and the finale. So interesting. Um, so maybe Stargazer episode one and Penance episode two were good. I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will say they are doing with this show what some of these other shows have been doing where they're, they're giving like the first two episodes to the same director. So that was Doug Aronofsky. Um the second two episodes, so episodes three and four, to Jonathan Frakes, Dan Liu, um, doing five and six, Deborah Kempmeyer doing seven and eight, and then Terry Malthus doing Mathilus, uh doing episodes nine and ten. I, I've liked this trend that has happened with some of the shows that we've been watching because it gives a nice bit of consistency through throughout the show um yes you know whereas like the last of us they're all written by craig mazan for the most part um craig mazan did a couple but like so craig mazan did the first episode and then cockman and then peter whore whore uh did the the spirit animal violating third episode and then it was uh, Jeremy Webb did four and five, which were one complete story. That was the whole thing with with Sam and and, and Hendry. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's kind of like I don't know. It's just the the shows that have been doing this. I, I've 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 appreciated it. Um, so okay, I'm gonna say the show looks amazing. 
Um, The one thing, the one, again, like you were talking about the Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. the one nitpick I have is, and this is the thing with new Trek. Yeah. Why why is the bridge so dark? Ah, you know, lights are expensive. Um, They, they take up a lot. They don't, they don't have led anymore. Um, So it's just the old incandescent light bulbs. And so, you know, they gotta, they gotta do what they gotta do. Uh, but uh, uh, overall, uh, yeah, I, overall, I agree with just the way it looks. Uh, the, the just the the interiors, whether it be mm-hmm. yeah, whether it be the interiors of the ship, the exteriors when they're showing space, right? It, it's just well, it's the cinematography and just the shot, the the shooting of the even though the action sequences, everything looks great and. More importantly than looks great, it looks Trek. Right. Where Discovery, at points, Discovery, I have, I will say Star Trek Discovery, there are times it looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But it A never lot, felt like Star Trek. Many, it never, yeah. And, and again, not just from the writing standpoint, but from what we saw, but from the visual standpoint, it never really felt like Star Trek. Right. This one does. Right. I agree. Um, I, I still like. I'm, I'm still going to give my criticism the same criticism that I gave of the first season, um, and and this is a hot take. You can hate me if you want. Patrick Stewart's best days of acting are behind him. Um, I, I think there's there's just a. I don't know. It's there's just something that's I just honestly, missing from his yeah. performance, um, and it's not like it's horrible. But like at the same time, it's just like I think he's been so powerful as Jean Luc for thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. And the the stuff the the problems I had with him as the character in the first season um, are better. They're better, so so there has been progress. Um, but I still don't understand when they made him a robot why they didn't make him at least a little bit stronger. Yeah, you I, know it's. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. I I thought the first time I watched him in season one, mm-hmm. I even thought, oh, that's kind of uncomfortable in the sense of you you're seeing this guy, and it, I've seen him in other movies. Yeah. Uh, it, it had been a few years since I'd seen him in something like, since Star Trek, but uh, although he was great in Green Room, um, but yeah, I. I think he's better because from a writing standpoint, we use this a lot, but I don't think there's a question that the writing in this season thus far is objectively better than what we got in season one. Like there's not even a comparison. No, what you know, not just the scenarios and not just the story arc. I'm just talking about the character dialogue and the situations between characters, the character interactions. And this season has given him, an opportunity to have some very good conversations and, and very good interactions with multiple characters where, while I don't think he's back uh, right. and again, like you said, he's been doing this for 30 years. So he might, he, he's not going to necessarily hit the same notes, but so far his performance to me is a lot better than it was in season one. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think having Frakes there, to play off of really helps. 
um, yeah, you know, really, really helps. But, um, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I still think, I still think they should have killed him off in the first season and just called the ship the Picard. Well, it, I mean, you're you know, talking about a totally different show. Than, well, I yeah. get it. No, I get what I, I mean. I understand. But, like, I think I still, like, think, like, I don't know. Um, I So I really like seeing Seven of Nine back. Um, I think she, Jerry Ryan, has really made, like, this version of Seven of Nine, like, mostly human, you know, partly ma- partly metal, partly real like Silverhawk version of her, not <laughs> Borg version of her, um, has made her like her own. Not that she wasn't before, but like, like I, I watched like a few minutes of, um, strange new worlds and like Rebecca remains famous is, is, is I really like her. I always have. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it progresses, but like Jerry Ryan is really powerful in this role. I really like her. Absolutely. Um, I, I really liked Shaw, especially because I was terrified they were going to do the old trope of, uh, you know, oh, here's a a shitty captain <laughs> who just so happens to be evil, you know? Um, yes. So in and, and Todd Stashwick, um, he was in, what was he in Heroes? Uh, where is it? Hold on, let me find it. Um, Oh, he was in Dark Angel too. That was the first time I like really remember seeing him. Um, but uh, he was, wait, was he, he was also in an episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles too. Yes, he was. Oh, um, he played the T. Was he the T eight eighty eight? It says on here. I don't know, but he played Dracula in a two thousand eight episode of Supernatural. Oh, so he was in Heroes. He played Eli when they were at the carnival. Um, okay. And I really, really, I, I just, he was like the one good thing about that season. And he kind of always stuck with me. Um, but whenever he shows up, he's like a great, like that guy actor. Yes. Um, and it's really cool. Probably to get him. To, remember, you probably remember him as. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, no, I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you watch. Uh, uh, what is his name? Bill Simmons. Yeah, you know, they do the oh, movie reviews yeah. and they have that the category. Oh. You probably remember them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and he also <laughs> played a really good grifter character for a few episodes on uh, on Justified. Um, so anyway, I really like him in this role. I really like the growth Shaw sh- had shown over the first few episodes, which I thought was really cool. Um, I will say uh I'm not sure how I told you this on the phone. I don't understand how Starfleet survived this long because you had Shaw, he was injured and the medic was like, or the doctor. No, I'm not even give her the, the, the respect of calling her the doctor. The, the <laughs> medic who was helping him was like, get away, Dr. Crusher, you have to leave. And, um, yeah. Uh, she and cred- they said the machine yeah. wouldn't pick up the, right like yeah how, how yeah. in in the 20 is the 25th century i believe right do you have technology that you have mm-hmm. transporter technology warp mm-hmm. technology you know all this other stuff shielding tech all, right and you have and you're telling me that you don't have uh you have the tricorders and mm-hmm. all this stuff 
You're telling me your medical equipment won't always pick up internal bleeding? I guess not. Um, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's it's added for drama's sake, mm-hmm. but from a standpoint of the where that where you're at in in the like I said the 25th century, you can't that that makes no sense. Right. So that's one of those things where when they said that, I, I just kind of shook my head because it was it was it was really poorly done yes 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 um yeah i'm also a big fan of uh ed speller spellers spielers spellers spellers uh spelliners uh (laughs) uh jack crusher i really like this character um i have not seen him in anything since he was aragon um so he is funny enough he is the one of the main characters, I was almost spoiled it. He's one of the main characters in season four of You on Netflix. Uh... So it was funny when I saw him and then I see, because I, I was watching part oh, one yeah. of season four. And then I started watching Picard and I'm like, wait a minute, is that? Is oh, that that guy? wait, he was oh. in Downtown Abbey too. I've never watched that. I, you know, it, it it when when I when I had my past life there, it was it was on, and like I don't think I've ever watched an entire episode, and I sure, <laughs> certainly haven't seen them all. But he did seventeen episodes, so um, he was an Outlander, which I've never watched. Uh, I've watched uh, season one of that. Anyway, I like his. Um, I really like I, his character. I like his character for this reason, very similar to Shaw. Because you, when you enter, get introduced to him, he he comes across as extremely shady and and, and very defensive and smartass and all that stuff. And pretty early on, you see the character that he is because he was actually in that first the first or second episode was willing to sacrifice himself to save everybody by beaming. He was going to beam himself over to what was that the Shrike ship who is captained by amanda Plummer, which the whole story arc with her and everything what's going on is very it's getting very interesting especially after this last episode but it was one of those things where they gave you this character and so many times in shows you get that one dimensional aspect of a character yeah yes And and they maybe try to do something but they're not proficient enough in writing characters to do it you see over two like over these last over these last two episodes mm-hmm. after you know he almost sacrificed him. You see over these episodes him and, and some of the stuff he's carrying. And you saw him in action. I like how they in how he actually helped when Picard was you know, he helped his help Picard navigate right. uh, the asteroid field. And then you also see Oh, it was heartbreaking. Was, it was just heartbreaking. Yes. I don't want to spoil that. that. Was like, one... I, like let's let's not spoil that for people who haven't seen it because yeah. it's okay. in the most recent episode. But it, what yeah. what something happens that's heartbreaking. So the other thing that I do want to point out is there's been some pretty good guest stars, um, and you know we talked about Sarah Connor Chronicles already, but John Connor himself was in episode yes. three. Thomas Decker, yeah. who I haven't seen in anything in a long time. I haven't I seen him always in a long time. Yeah. One, I loved him in Heroes. I was really bummed when he left Heroes, but happy because he went to Sarah Connor. And then I was really bummed that he didn't get to do um, a chain, uh, um, you know, a leash off, collar off John Connor 
that would in the future that would have been really really interesting and it would have been really cool if like that's how he became the leader of the resistance because he jumped forward in time and nobody knew who he was um but all of that being said uh the show looks really good um i i think i call you and and, and tell you fuck you at least once a day now yes because i like it i like i like this show yeah. a lot um <laughs> Again, my six point five is not a bad rating. It, I, it's I, just, I get it because yeah, I'm still and I, I compare this to The Last of Us in this way. First episode of Last of Us, I thought they did a very good job. Second episode, man. Third episode, it was good in the sense if it was a standalone episode, I thought it was well done. Sure. But for The Last of Us itself, for the series, it was out of place. I, I gave them what they from, should have done with that episode. Yeah, it DLC. took oh, Yes, you did. Yes. And it took away from the momentum mm-hmm. of, again, we're getting nine episodes. Yeah. So my excitement for after the first couple episodes, I was kind of up there. And then episode three, and then just it kind of went down, and it's gone downhill ever since. Yeah, I feel this like they're just similar. trying to drag out the first game for at least three seasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, they they there's no way they can. Just they can by, try. Based on what they can, well, they try. can try, but <laughs> so. but the focus on on uh, Picard. Yeah. I I was not going to watch this. I had no intention of watching it, and then I watched a couple YouTubers, uh, David Cullen, who mm-hmm. he pretty much eviscerated the first season of, of uh, Picard and right. a couple other people who did not like the first two seasons of Picard who complain who did not like Discovery uh, although I liked the first season of Discovery after that it went downhill right. and they were and like they were talking about it and I'm like is it really this good and I saw a couple videos from Cullen and he was just and he ended up seeing the whole thing and he he could not stop talking about how good it was how yeah. much of a 180 it was from the first two seasons of Picard. And then, so I, I said, okay, I'm going to try it. First episode. I really liked every episode. I've liked just even more. And I'm still a little bit gun shy just because I'm waiting for them to, you know, to do the uh, bad guy when I have my back turned, just, you know, the nut shot like wrestling. But so, so I get like, I'm still nervous, even though people that have seen, the whole show say it's just great. I'm still waiting for that. I'm uh, it's like, like you've gotten hit a bunch of times and you're just kind of waiting to get hit again. It's like, but so far I'm, this is when I wake up on Thursdays, I'm like, Oh yes. Another episode of Picard. Mm-hmm. And I get so excited for it. And so far it has not disappointed me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's CBS and yeah. it's, it's modern trek quote unquote but uh new trek yeah new trek but we'll see so we'll see um yeah so uh, i think you know my 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 score will only go up um mm-hmm. if it continues on the path that it's uh it's going to go on all right so we're going to close it out uh we've got creed 3 um Okay, I'm a huge fan of the Creed movies because I'm a huge fan of the Rocky movies. So a um, couple notable things this time around. No Sly, no Sylvester Stallone, no Rocky. Sorry, spoilers. Um, we are going to do some light spoilers here because we can't not. 
directed by Michael B. Jordan, screenplay by Zach Balin, and the uh, racist, I mean, noted, alleged racist Keenan Kugler. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the story was by Ryan Kugler, Keenan Kugler, and Zach Balin. Um, you know, Sly got a production credit on this, but he wasn't involved at all. Um, I, you know, it was, uh, came out on March 3rd in the U S it opened in Mexico like a month before or a couple weeks before, um, running time just under two hours, uh, at one sixteen. They could have cut a little bit out of this movie. Not going to lie. They could have got it down. They could have literally got this movie down to to 100 minutes, and it had been super clean, still made perfect sense. Um, $75 million budget. Not too bad. So it's uh, as of recording, um, it's at $114 million um, domestically. So let's see. Let's check the box office mojo and see where it's at globally while we're talking about it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's at 117 globally. So 74 domestic, 43 international. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie doesn't have to make a ton of money. That's the beauty of it, right? I mean, if this movie makes $250 million, it's a huge success. Oh, absolutely. So it's only been so, out for a week. So uh, my take is... You, you know, I'm a huge Rocky fan. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's the child of the '80s. So right. yeah, huge we Rocky are. fan. That yeah. that's just oh, well, that's just one of those things. Come on, like mm-hmm. you're a child of the '80s. You're going to be a Rocky fan. Hopefully, uh, I, yes, yeah, you should. Be if, if there's a problem with you, if you're not, well, right. if you haven't seen it, well, that's a problem in and of itself. But mm-hmm. I I wasn't as big of a fan of the Creed movies in the sense of because you you were talking them up. I didn't fi- actually watch Creed two all the way through until what was it two weeks ago? Yeah, did I say? Yeah, which I really enjoyed it. I really liked, and again, I, what I thought I loved about the Creed movie, Creed two, mm-hmm. and Creed. I, it's been so long since I've seen Creed. I, I have to go back and watch that one. But what I liked about Creed two is that it gave a level. It gave extra levels to the Drago character from mm-hmm. Rocky four. Yes. And which I thought was so well done. Uh, I thought, you know, I, I thought, you know, the stuff that Wadonis went through and, you know, that, you know, the first fight or, and it, I just thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. While I think, I thought, I think Creed 2 is probably, and I'm, this is one of those splitting hairs, maybe a better movie overall than Creed 3. Creed 3 will absolutely be the one I watch more. So like you said that, and I'm not disagreeing with you about this. So like Enterprise, I'm going to tie Star Trek back into this. Enterprise is definitely not the best Star Trek series, mm-hmm. but to me is the most rewatchable Star Trek series. Yes. So it's light. It's fun. It doesn't have the heaviness of D Space Nine. It doesn't have the unevenness of um, Next Generation, and it doesn't have just the dated – original series right Which, um, by the way i'm gonna have to re- go back and actually watch enterprise all the way through. yeah uh oh so real quick did we rate this no Hold on. no we didn't okay so out of 10 what i call it here oh it's over here Hold on. um so out of 10 i'm not sure what's happening in the clouds is <laughs> what do you give it <laughs> 
I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5. Great. Uh, I went 6.5 out of 10. For me, that's a very good score. As we've always talked about, I don't compare movies against other movies. This is just uh, the score I give it. I don't give anything Every a 10. Every score is different. Yes. I don't give anything yeah. a 10. Um, I, and to get a 9, I think I've only given like two 9s um, since we started doing this. Um, all those many years ago, we've been doing this for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I think this is rewatchable because one Rocky three is really underrated. And I saw some people saying this was his Rocky five, not Rocky three. And I was like, what are you talking about? There what is no Rocky about? five. No, it went this Rocky, is Rocky four three. to Rocky Balboa. Like I, this it's like, it's like the weird thing where everybody thinks Sinbad was in a movie called Sinbad <laughs> that people think there's this Rocky five floating around out there. No, this is Rocky three, like Dame one diamond Dame Anderson. Great name. Great name. Love, yeah, love everything about it. Um, I think that they did not give Jonathan Majors the space he needed in this movie to follow up on the praise he's getting for playing Kang. Um, and I'm 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 concerned that he's gonna be like this overhyped guy who doesn't actually deliver. Yeah. So I, and again, I've had, like I've told you, I've, I, I, everything that I've seen Jonathan majors in so far, and there's a couple things I have not seen that he's been praised for. Like the last man in new in San Francisco or the yeah. last black man in San Francisco. I've seen him in Lovecraft country, which that was a middling show, which I stopped watching. I thought he was great in. Sure. I saw him in uh, the harder they fall, which was okay. the, the black Western on mm. Netflix, which was actually, I, I enjoyed that movie. Okay. Uh, had, he was in it. Uh, uh, Idris Elba was in it. Lakeith Stanfield was in it. Well, it, it was if a lot of if Idris Elba's in it, you have to respect him. He's not a black yes. actor. He's an actor. So just in the yes. Western. He was great. Not the black but Western. But I, I really like Jonathan Majors in that. <laughs> sure. I, I want to see Devotion. I haven't watched that yet. Him, so it's him on uh, Peacock, I think? It's on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. So yes. um, I love Glenn, Pla- Glenn Powell uh, ever since Scream Queens. Um yeah, he's got he's got an interesting resume, right? Um, I I think the problem wasn't him. The problem was <sighs> Dame, right? We we meet Dame and he's a super cocky star boxer, Golden Gloves, you know. And then we see him getting out of prison, and he's like super jacked, but he's like always hunched over. And he's like, eh, blah, 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 like mumbling and everything. And then he beats, uh, uh, what was his name? The um, uh, Felix Chavez, uh, played by Jose uh, ben- Benavides Jr. Um, he beats him for the world title. And then all of a sudden he's this like loud, boisterous dude. Like, ah, I got you. You didn't know, you know? And it's like, um, what, (laughs) what is happening here? Like I get you're happy, but like, how are, why are you a completely different person now? 
So that plays into well, there's two, th- there's a couple things, and this one is Jonathan Majors in general. Mm-hmm. One of the issues I had with Ant Man and Quantum Mania was he was the best part of the movie, sure. bar none, and he wasn't given nearly enough time on screen. Yeah. This was a similar. Well, this is a good. I, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like Quantum Mania. But he, his character should have had more time on the screen. That's why this is one of the things I will, and we, we, it's so funny because we always go back and forth about this. This is a movie that really needed 10 extra minutes because it needed that time to flesh out Dame's character, to flesh out a couple story holes. In the, one of the biggest yeah. story holes they had was the whole thing with him getting the title shot after his first fight. Right. For me, I, I would have liked it better if he was doing. If he was doing like Rocky had, mm-hmm. and had a couple fights, and then he he comes in contact yeah. with with Adonis Creed, and then that would have made as far as a sense making sense. Mm-hmm. We were talking about making sense. Yeah, the movie still made sense in the like as far as what the overall narrative was, even without all this. Yeah, but I think it would have been a better, stronger, a more a, a better, stronger, more full tale or. A, just a more full flesh dame, right? Four full flesh. Yeah. So here's how it then, made a change to to get to where you want to get. I would have mm-hmm. taken instead of splitting up the flashbacks of Donnie beating up Leon and and like getting little bits of that, I would have opened with mm-hmm. that, right? And then okay. I would have spent the first 20 minutes of the movie with Adonis having his his quote last fight, right? And Dame getting out of jail and going the path that Donnie went fighting in Mexico professionally from the first Creed movie. All right. And then, you know, you can do like six months later or whatever it was, um, or three, I think it was like three years later, right? Um, From his last fight to when when Dame showed up. And Dame could have had like rattled off like, four like solid knockouts in three years, you know, something like that. Yeah. Or even yeah. in a year, yeah. like a year from getting out of jail, but you could, you could have started with that. Dame gets arrested. Dame goes to jail. You see Dame in jail. You see Dame get out of jail train. You know, you get that. So you get multiple montages. That's really all I, I'm looking for is more, more training montages. Right. <laughs> um, and can we talk, wait, hold on. Just sidebar. What's with the fetishizing of like, the traps on black dudes that Michael B. Jordan had going on in this movie. Dude, what the hell? It's like Dude, it was like anime. You, it's like Mikey, you trying to tell us something? No, no you were talking <laughs> about, and again, uh, we know Michael B. Jordan's a huge anime huge guy, anime, anime yeah. guy, right. and we the fights in this yeah. movie. Uh, and I was at, I was in training yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was telling my, I was like. I like this more because they they played more into the craziness yes. of how these boxing fights oh, yeah. and these movies are are done. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to make it more real, yeah. they they did the whole surreal thing, which yeah. So and I'll get I to that. Absolutely loved. Yeah. Okay. So you know, jump. Not, we're doing, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Jump. Yeah. Go back. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. So but jump back. The trap thing. <laughs> it just reminded me of like you would see on something like. Uh, like one of those animes with sure. the, just yeah. ridiculous. It was just fetishized. It was really weird. Um, okay. So <laughs> then, then they meet, right. And, and he's like, Hey, like, you know, I just got out and he's, li- he's lying. We know he's lying then. And like, as the audience, 
Like, it's really great when we know what the villain is doing and the, um, the protagonist, the, uh, yeah, the protagonist doesn't know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, and so when, when you see that, right, then the whole Nancy Kerrigan thing with Victor holds so much more weight. Because yeah. we could have seen that guy with Dame in jail. And again, we yeah. know what's going on. We know what's happening. Adonis doesn't see this happening until Felicia Rashad shows him that picture. Yeah. And yeah. And like, you know, again, like the the Rocky Three correlation. Mick dies. You know, um, uh, Mary. Marianne dies, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Very similar. I'm glad they didn't kill Rocky off because, like, Sylvester Stallone's like, yeah, I'm up for doing another one whenever they want me. Um, that was a really bad Sylvester Stallone. I apologize. Um, but <laughs> um, I but I think I, I feel like he would have been a much more three-dimensional villain and less mustache-twirling little, like, sneaky guy. Yeah. Um, but that being said... The strength of this movie is Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, and whoever the little girl is that played his daughter. Oh, uh, my goodness. She was uh, amazing. Mila Davis-Kent, who played Amara she Creed. Was she was great. Great. I, is she deaf in real life? I, I don't know. Probably like they do that now. Um, but she was great. The, the chemistry she had with Michael B. Jordan was great. Um, and girl has a mean hook, a mean right hook. I, did you see her throwing punches? Like just yeah. in general, she threw punches like she had a purpose right. to throw in those punches, and she knew what she was doing. Oh yeah, so. I, you know, I we always talk about woke Hollywood mm-hmm. and everything and all this stuff, and and we are right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a, I, I know we're right about that. However, if they did a movie with her, yeah, like or if they did something with her. I would be absolutely be in with it. So here's the problem though. Is that little girl's like 10 years old, right? Yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to watch a, a movie about a 10 year old girl boxing. No, I mean, I mean just you know? the character. Like, yes. If, if the character, yeah. I would absolutely because, and yeah, she was great. Like yeah. the whole, every time she was on screen and that's the thing, every time she was on screen, mm-hmm. you were invested in what was going on. You know, I talk about how I, I, I still think based on what I've seen, mm-hmm that Jonathan Majors to me is an overall better actor than Michael B. Jordan. Sure. But Michael B. Jordan absolutely owned this movie. Yeah. He was fantastic in this movie. And again, he was direct. This is his first time directing a movie. And yes, like there are some things we mentioned, some of the plot holes and stuff that didn't really But that's writing. That's not necessarily directing either, right? No, no. But as a director, you can still make those changes. You can still do things to to strengthen weak spots of the script. What I'm saying is as a first time director, I thought the guy did a great job. Absolutely. 100%. The other thing. Can we take a second and talk about how the fact that Thaddeus J. Mixon and Spencer Moore II look exactly like Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors? Oh, you're talking about the the, uh, the younger versions of them. The younger version, like, yeah. This is not a case where, like, in Fast Nine, like 
Dominic Toretto was <laughs> taller as a kid than he is as an adult. And, and um, Jacob Toretta is white as an adult, but was not <laughs> as a teenager. Um, it was also kind of short. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they, they like that. Thaddeus J. Mixon looks exactly like Michael G. Bo- Michael B. Jordan did. Um, the other fun thing to call out, and I, I think about this every time I watch these Creed movies, is Wood Harris, who plays Little Duke, um, was Avon Barksdale on The Wire and ordered Wallace, who Michael B. Jordan played, to be killed. Really? Yes. So um, I get tickled every time he's like training him. I'm like, haha, you killed him in a different show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So the, the last thing, the cloud thing. So in the final fight, um, they did a really good job because they could not, there was not enough time to show 11 rounds of like, you know, even a montage of 11 rounds of boxing. And what they did instead was it went to this really cool, like ethereal cloud like place where it was just the two of them. And what I found interesting, and I'm not sure if this is what Michael B. Jordan was trying to do, but Donnie never looked at Dame as the bad guy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and this was like, this was the two of them working out what had happened 20 years prior when, when uh, Donnie ran away. And, and Dame went to jail. Um, and it was a really interesting way to do it. Uh, and in the boxing that they showed, you're right, had a very anime feel to it. But like you had said, like little Amara Creed punch with purpose, every, every step they took, every move they made was with purpose during this scene. Um, yeah. And then when it kind of jumped back into reality um, at the end of round 11, uh, it was just like seamless. It was, it was a great, anyone who's, who's asked me about it, I've, I've, I've been like, yeah, it was a great way to jetpack through 11 rounds of boxing. Yeah, it absolutely was. So. And I, again, one of the things, issues I have with a lot of the, the boxing movies mm-hmm. is when they try to go for realism, right. it just doesn't work. I mean, it's tough to do. Yeah. It really is tough to do. Uh, what was the movie in battle? I thought in battle, in battle had some issues. But it did a good job of, especially with the grappling part. It, of, and battled had issues because Steven Dorf can't throw a punch. Um, no, he can't. Like, no, he really it's can't. like, dude, you learned how to box when you were like five, when you were in, in South Africa, <laughs> in the power yeah. of one. Did you forget so, everything PK taught you? <laughs> the thing I love, and again, because I, I know you're not as much, but yeah. I'm a huge anime fan. Yeah. And anime fights are all about over the top sure. ridiculousness. Like whether it be my favorite, current favorite, My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, mm-hmm. or the going back old school with Dragon Ball Z. And there was a lot of Dragon Ball Z in here. When Dame hits him in, in that, you know, that whole surreal reality of, or no, it was like one of the rounds where he hits him with a body shot. Yeah. And you see his like Dame's arm just like bulging with muscle, mm-hmm. and then uh, Adonis is just like doubled over, eyes bulging out of his, and then you, it shows his back in the sweat. I mean, that was straight anime right there. Well, you missed also you know, the indent of like you know the glove coming up too. 
Like it was like yeah. he was punching through him. It was really cool. I mean, and it was like, yeah, yeah I mean, I get it. It was awesome. I, I was smiling that whole fight. I mean, I had this big ass grin on my face watching this, watching that fight. It was, it was just so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, it was great. Great. Um, I mean, it was a really great movie. Like, I'm not going to say it was a great yeah, movie. Yeah, just the it movie was a really itself good movie. was a yeah. really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. So. That wasn't just, you know, that wasn't just the, that that was just one of those things. I, I liked, other than some of the stuff I said, I uh, overall, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yes. And I cannot wait to watch it again. Yeah, I'm I, not kidding. I cannot I, wait. To I'm excited it to watch it again at home, not necessarily in the theater. Um, although I do think yeah, you should go see right. this in the theater because it is very cinematic. Yes. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so we're over an hour. So not too bad. We reviewed three TV shows, one of which was four episodes and a movie. Um, I feel like oh, the God. review bomb has been properly dropped. <laughs> All right. And, I, and yes, I did. The, I did the bomb drop yeah, with my I, hand. I did. The, yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> that was not planned. That was. Oh, we spent too much time. So, oh, here we go. Uh, in development in December 2018, in response to suggestions that Deontay Wilder could play Clubber, the son of Clubber Lang, and the potential sequel to Creed Two, Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Deontay no. Wilder, like, would he have complained about getting wild, uh, tired walking to the ring then too? <laughs> the wild man Ugh. i cannot stand watching him fight yeah. anyway uh all right well thank you all for listening we'll be back next week with the um hopefully the last time we ever talk about the last of us um more picard and yes. uh, more mandalorian and we'll get some we'll get to oh. some news so and guess what else what else it starts thursday <laughs> superman lois oh shit and guess what else starts thursday Dead lasso Yes. Well, that's actually that's that's Tuesday and, and then Wednesday, so. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. I did but it. we'll I watch both of. I'll okay. watch both of them on Wednesday because I will be buying the Apple season pass for um, oh. Soups and Lola. So. Okay. Yes, Soups and Lola and Gotham. Gotham Knights starting next. Uh, no. You you can jump off a bridge. <laughs> you you can jump off a bridge and break your legs and hopefully not die. But you have to. Live. I'm gonna tell you in a few weeks. You have Dude, to Brian, live. Watch it. You gotta watch it. It's really good. It's no. Really good. You you will have to live knowing the fact that you wanted to self delete, but you only broke your legs. That's right. Oh man. All right. On that note, that very positive note, <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Have a great one. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show 
to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.